This podcast is brought to you in part by our partner, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a free app that allows the user and creator to record and edit their podcast right there from your phone or computer. It also allows you to distribute your podcast across the globe to everyone that wants to listen to it on different distribution networks like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other networks. It has all, all your needs and tools all in one stop shop. So go ahead, please. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. We're back. It is March 1st of 2022. It is a long hiatus, my friends. I'm glad to be back. Uh, Today we're going to be reviewing the AEW Dynamite from 223 of 2022. This last week, Dynamite going into this week's. Also, we're going to do Rampage here at the very end. Since Rampage is only a one-hour show, I think it's kind of important that we discuss these things. But it really, honestly, what a year it has been since we have actually last recorded. It is an amazing a year. I wish everyone's had a great 2021 and hopefully, so far, a great 2022. Uh, and, of course, this podcast going forward is going to take a more of an interesting look at the sports of professional wrestling. We're going to do a little bit of NASCAR. We're going to do some politics. We're going to do all the things, but they're all going to be separate episodes. So you guys, if you're interested in politics, you can take a listen to the politic episode. If you're interested in sports like racing or Major League Baseball or football or whatever, we're going to talk about that. If we're going to talk about professional wrestling, of course, we're going to talk about the up-and-coming promotion known as AEW. And I really haven't watched too much WWE in quite some time. So bear with me, of course. I think going forward, ladies and gentlemen, though, however, however you look at it, you have to say to yourself, it's important to understand that AEW is actually working its way back into the frame of uh, doing great things. And that's all you can hope for. And that's all you can really hope for is that they do a great thing. So let's get back into the action. Let's rip right into this. It is obviously a two-hour long from 223, filmed live from Bridgeport, Connecticut, home of the 203's finest, my friend. That's where I'm born and raised, good old Connecticut. And uh, so to have the opportunity to actually watch a live show recorded from the arena that pretty much is right down the street from where I grew up is an amazing opportunity. And the first thing they open up with is the Tag Team Battle Royale, better known as the 10-Team Battle Royale with FTR, Butcher the Blade, Trip Retta, obviously with the best friends. Uh, so many different contestants here going on. Obviously, going into this rest of the show, you have uh, you know, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia as the main event. You have a really unique tag team match later on in this, in this show with the introduction of uh, the House of Black versus Pac and a new, and I won't scare, I won't tease this anymore, but a very new person to, to the AEW lineup uh, as well. And of course, uh, this I'll just go through this. This is actually an amazing show. The reason why I want to review this because I actually have to give these guys, minus some of the wrestling, because some of the wrestling is a little sketchy at times, Throughout this show, I think it's a decent show. So let's get into it. The uh, the AEW obviously they open up the show, which is really 
they're known for hot starting it, as I like to call it. The the just a downright just go with the best match of the whole night, open up the show instead of the ten man battle royale to kind of uh, the ten man the ten team battle royale to see who goes in part faces against obviously the Jungle Express uh or Jungle Boy excuse me and uh, Luchasaurus there for the tag team titles of Revolution. You you have a really good you have two point you have Santana and Hernandez, uh, Santana Ortiz, excuse me, Austin, the Gun Brothers. Y- you have Red Dragon, uh, just a private party, the Young Bucks, uh, FTR, obviously, uh, Dark Order. Just a really solid, solid match, I, I would say is really good here. Obviously the opening butcher and the blade is in there. Uh, they obviously, they first thing they, you, they kind of see the screenshot. There is a butcher and blade, obviously as a tag team, Trent uh, attack, Trent Beretta. Uh, and obviously that happens. Uh, blade goes ahead and automatically eliminates Alex Reynolds of the dark order. Silver little Johnny Huggy eliminates uh, the blade here. Ortiz, obviously, really coming off a really great showing of the week before against Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Does a really nice job here. And uh, Ortiz and Santana do a really ju- beautiful, nice job in here. They, they, they're they going to be the up and coming, I think, in the tag team division here sooner rather than later, I would hope. Uh, so, obviously, Ortiz throws out one of the Gun Brothers uh, or the Butt Brothers, as they are known on Insta- in social media. Uh, Also, uh, Santana goes ahead and eliminates Colton. Uh, Colton and Austin Gunn are both eliminated. The Gun Club is eliminated. 2.0, obviously, the, the new tag team from coming over from WWE comes in and tries to double-team Santana. Uh, then best friends, obviously, with uh, Trent Beretta and uh, Chuck Taylor eliminate the Butcher which obviously is good to see the Butcher back after a very long hiatus there. Obviously, he was on a a, uh, a little bit of a tour, I'm assuming, with his band, which always cool to see a guy like that uh, just do his thing. So Butcher and the Blade are eliminated. Uh, Red Dragon, the team of uh, Red Dragon, which is a brand-new tag team in, the, in, in AEW, uh, which is a couple guys from New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and WWE kind of mixed together. Uh Red Dragon eliminates Chuck Taylor. Uh, Quinn, Mark Quinn, gets tossed. And Matt Hardy here, here's a Matt Hardy spot. Saves Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, actually, excuse me, Mark Quinn gets eliminated. But before Isaiah Cassidy actually gets eliminated, Matt Hardy does a spot where he uh, kind of tries to save him. Obviously, they're working on that angle. They've been working on that angle for a couple weeks now. Uh, they're, Matt Hardy's trying to walk away from that group. Uh, and kind of get more serious, which will happen in soon time if Jeff Hardy is indeed signing to AEW Wrestling after his uh, indie booking there in March. And so that will be interesting to see. Um, overall, I think it's just a, a phenomenal situation here. We obviously uh, – uh, excuse me, Isaiah Cassidy gets eliminated as well. Uh, Matt Hardy then continues to walk away, kind of continues that angle a little bit longer. Um, Santana works again as one of the great eliminators in his battle Royale and which almost like a cane role in WWE and he works the Royal rumble. He, uh, he eliminates 
Now, during this time period, right after that happens, there's a stare down between the Young Bucks and FTR, which if anyone knows me knows I'm a huge advocate and huge longtime fan of professional wrestling of the old school variety. And FTR is, in my opinion, the best Midnight Express. Um, and, and I appreciate the homage to the Midnight Express throughout their theme song and throughout pretty much anything they do. But they hear later on after that, they eliminate Nick Jackson. Uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, at that point, a little bit, about 10, 15 seconds later, saves Trent by coming up from behind the uh, the ring there. Um, Trent Beretta gets back in and clothesline Bobby Fish, which is a part of Red Dragon. After they go to the break, they go to the person in per, uh, picture in person, uh, or sorry, picture in picture, better known as go to the break with their commercial break. Um, John Silver slips out of the Tully Blanchard grafts, and while doing that, they kind of do a double, the hold down the rope, and he flip over, and Cash Wheeler comes out. All six teams still in contention have one man represented. Uh, Santana's still in there. Uh, that's a good showdown there from a little bit of an old rivalry there from last year. And uh, Trent and Santana both get eliminated by Mac Jackson. And uh, that's that's how that plays out. Their best friends have been eliminated at that point. Uh, Santana Ortiz have been eliminated. So now it comes down to uh, really it comes down to FTR, the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon. Oh, and also don't forget Dark Order with Johnny Huggy. Don't forget those guys in there. So they do a spot, which is kind of just discouraging to me, if you ask me. Dax and Hart and, 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 and Dax and just does a really good spot there on the, on the outside. They're on the apron. They kind of do duke it out. And uh, they kind of do a bump spot off for, uh, for Dax. And it kind of gets bumped there. He gets eliminated. So now it's FTR is eliminated now. So it's only Matt of the Young Bucks, uh, the boys of Red Dragon. Both guys from Red Dragon are still in. Uh, John Johnny Huggy are still in there. And it's also just, just really a good solid match so far. And then they kind of get down to the very end here. Uh, so they kind of do a spot at the very end. It's kind of discouraging, if you ask me, at the end of it. It's very anticlimactic. Uh, it goes, they kind of do like an over, I'm going to lift you over the rope. And then by lifting you over the rope, Matt Jackson gets lifted over the rope. And, and then, obviously, Red Dragon wins. So that that's the end of the match. Very anticlimactic. I give it about a seven. It could have been a little bit better. I wish FTR won that match. But uh, it's always, with AEW, there's always an afterbirth. There's always some kind of angle move to the next thing and it's not really there's no like let it simmer let it settle and then move to the next thing it's always like let's continue this going forward so they obviously after the match hangman adam page comes down and it's just it because the young bucks are pissed off because the elimination uh, by red dragon who obviously they're all friends with part of the uh this is the way it goes and they go, let's do a story time with Adam Cole or Adam Page, baby. Basically, it's a, a homage or a knock on Adam Cole. And he does, he does a very anti, he does a very boring promo. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, 
after that, we cut to a Savani with uh, the American Dragon, uh, Brian Danielson, who, in my opinion, is the star of this promotion alongside with CM Punk. It's going to be very interesting to see how long they keep those two separate going forward. Obviously, they want to drive the ratings right now with the driving. The ratings are not getting above a 1.0 in a very consistent manner. So hopefully they can kind of work on that. But after they pro- he works on a promo, he's looking forward to facing Daniel Garcia in the main event, kind of promoting his main event matchup with Daniel Garcia. Uh, and he's hoping to get an answer from John Moxley, which obviously they're promoting that uh, that storyline that they're working on, and hopefully that will go towards a revolution, John Moxley versus Dan- uh, Brian, Dan- Brian Danielson. So obviously after that segment, they go from a promo to another promo, which God help us because this is only going to get better from here. Um, it goes into an MJF promo, which if anyone knows me, knows I am a great fan of a heel. Been a fan of a heel for a long time. Been a fan of the great MJF. Great person from the Northeast. He works that douchebag Long Islander fucking, uh, excuse my language. He works that Long Islander douchebag really well. And he does it really well here. But he tells a story about how he's learning with his disabilities and, and being a Jewish kid on a football team and talks about being bullied and and uh and that kind of and that kind of story it, it helps it almost makes him a, a fa- baby face. It almost turns him baby face with the fans. So he actually has somewhere to go with the fans. And honestly, it's a very unique promo to watch because at the very end of the promo, and I'll let you watch it for yourself because you have to Words that I disguise here or discuss here don't do it justice on how good the promo is. And obviously, the both of the two guys are both the best in the game at doing promos. He talks about how CM Punk, you know, he was a fan of CM Punk, and it was an honor to meet CM Punk. But finding out that it was this is other fr- this another Friday for CM Punk, he you know he he went to he went to college, and then he sees CM Punk and Brian Danielson shaking hands. He quits college and. Becomes the best, best, he tries to become the best wrestler in the world in spite of CM Punk. It is an amazing promo. And then at the very end, CM Punk comes out and says, is all that really true? And MJF just leaves. Very awesome. Very anti-climate. And a very great promo. Great promo going into the revolution, obviously with their uh, collar. Um, and that's going to be really good. Um, obviously, the next match... In the in the show is House of Black versus Pac and Penta Oscuro. Which, by the way, if anyone knows AEW, that's Penta uh, Penta Cero, uh, Meadow, um comes out with a new gimmick with his manager Alex in red, and it's a really good-looking gimmick. It's Brody King and uh, I believe it's I forgot the other person for uh, the House of Black. But it's really back and forth matchup. Nothing exciting, but it's it's not really a spot fest like you usually see from Penta. And it's a really good match with uh, with Pac. And then all of a sudden at the very end, uh, which by the way, the House of Black, those two guys are pretty big guys. So it's a lot of a lot of big spots, a lot of underneath coming from underneath. Really good spots. It's just really good. Uh, I think I think everyone needs to watch that one. That might be the kind of the second best match of the show. Other than the main event, which is the best. There's about three good matches in this whole show. So, And then, obviously, Pac and Penta, Oscuro, uh, Oscuro 
win this matchup. But obviously, with obviously with AEW, everything's got to have a afterbirth, as they call it. Uh, the house, the House of Black, makes the lights go off. They continue attacking Pack and Penta, and continue on that feud. It's it just, ugh. why do you have to do an afterbirth? You know, every single match. You know, let these guys let this sit. Um. Here, here's the next thing. They go from a great matchup, tag team match, to a somewhat really doesn't make any sense segment. And I mean that nicely. It's uh, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Obviously, they had a little bit of a, I say a, uh, not really a beef, but some something different going on here. And there's a long promo with security. And, you know, it, obviously, them being in Bridgeport, Connecticut, they do the, you know, let's not talk about Stanford thing down the street where WWE headquarters is located, but they talk about it and they do. And, um, I just kind of just laugh, you know, and that's just kind of how I look at it. It's not really worth anything. It's a terrible segment, waste of TV time. And, uh, they go from one, that segment to the next segment, which is a, a Matt Hardy promo, uh, with the, uh, Andre Hardy family office. Uh, and they, they're basically hyping up the, the, the rampage show the match with uh, Andrade versus Sammy Guevara. And uh, Hardy wants also a tornado trios tag match, a revolution. They, if you ever watch these guys on social media, Hardy's and the Briscoe brothers are going at it pretty hard. And it's pretty awesome to watch. Uh, but I would think it's going to be the Briscoe brothers, the Hardy boys, and FTR. That would be amazing. It wouldn't forget forget the Young Bucks. FTR is where it's at in the money draw. So, all right, the next match, pretty these kind of next two matches are kind of squat. In my opinion, are squash matches, kind of not really important. It's Ricky Starks uh, with uh, with Powerhouse Hobbs. It's a qualifying match, face of the Revolution to ladder match uh, versus Ten for the Dark Order, back and forth match. Really kind of goes, at least in my opinion, kind of goes a little too long, in my opinion. Um, and really just doesn't really anticlimactic finish. He spears, uh, Ricky Stark spears him, spears 10 for the Dark Order, gets a three count. And uh, that that was that. It was a really, it was a decent, I'd say, seven or eight minute match. Um, just really... I feel bad for those two because they should have gotten a little bit more time. Just a little bit more time. But the match, obviously, they didn't get that much time. So uh, Red Dragon, obviously, they're doing another promo after that match. And they're, and it's it's the Bucks and, you know, and Adam Cole are making it clear that he wants them back to get along with Matt and Nick. They obviously, they're, they're fighting, obviously, after the, uh, the result of the Battle Royale beginning of the show. This match next, I am completely disgusted by. That it's on national television. The next match is the Bunny, who is a really good, solid worker, in my opinion. He's really safe. I mean, he tries to be anyway. I mean, there's obviously a couple of hardcore matches he's been with, but God help you for trying to walk away from. And Jade Cargill, who is the most green, greener than a pepper tree, as the great Jim Cornette would say. And I just... There was a spot in that match that is could have killed the bunny. And Tony Khan, I don't care if he's listening or he doesn't listen, 
But why the hell in the God's green earth are you allowing this woman to be a champion on your promotion when she cannot work longer than eight minutes? Okay, there's women in this promotion, including the girl that does a five-minute challenge on Rampage every week. Okay, Thunder Rosa as well. You know, there's plenty of amazing women wrestlers. Britt Baker. Like, I, I get it. You have to have two women's champions. But why on earth are you going to have a woman that is greener than a pepper tree try to win this match? And just, just, Jade wins the matchup. It's a spot. It's a botch fest. And, and then all of a sudden at the end of the match, of course, with the AEW's typical theme, uh, It's just, it's just irritating. Just irritating. They have to do an afterbirth with every single match. And, of course, with this one, they do it with Tay Conti coming out and doing a confrontation with Tay, with, uh, with, with uh, Jay Cargill to obviously promote their matchup that's coming around the corner, obviously, next week. And then as soon as that's over with good old Officer Barb Brady, Alex Marvez is backstage with Keith Lee. The two heels basically assault, uh, verbally assault Keith Lee, and he just walks away like he doesn't have a say in the world. The main event here is probably, if not the most amazing match to watch because of the fact that a man by the name of Brian Danielson can work with an underneath talent and have an effective back-and-forth wrestling display of great abilities. I, I say that again. Watch the matchup here. If you want to watch anything, anything else on the show, watch that Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. That shows the true talent of Brian Danielson. It's not the promo or the kicks or the yes, 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 and all that nonsense. It's what he does with these underneath talents to make them look good and give them enough to make them look good, but not making it take too long. A lot of back and forth, a little bit of a back and forth here, but never, never really getting. Um, out of control in this match. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, or Daniel, <laughs> Brian Danielson, not Daniel Bryan, excuse me. Brian Danielson never really is not in control of the match. He's in control of the match. He lets him get his under, you know, gets his heat, comes up from underneath a little bit, then he goes back onto the offensive, gets his heat back again. Very, it's a very old school wrestling match, and it works really well. Brian Danielson obviously wins this match. By a triangle uh, sleeper. Uh, and with AEW having a theme of everything having an afterbirth. It's just got awful. They can promote the John Moxley versus Brian Danielson match. Which is about freaking time. And they finally at the very end. They stand nose to nose, and they finally say, you want a match? And it just, it, 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 to me, it, it's, it's going to be a unique matchup to watch two polar opposite styles. Because if Daniel, if, Dan, if, if Brian Danielson can get anyone to work an actual wrestling match, an actual wrestling match, ladies and gentlemen, it has to be John, it, it has it has to be with John. It, it, John Moxley has to work a legitimate match, not these hardcore death matches. I'm talking about real matches that actually last and have meaningful stuff here. So that's my review. 
I'm going to say overall, it's about a six on the Richter scale of importance on this show. It's not their go-home show for the Revolution pay-per-view. That is going to be next week, um, March 2nd, I believe. And we'll, we'll review that as well. Uh, coming up in the next podcast, I'm going to be doing the review and a very short synopsis of uh, AEW Rampage. Uh, I'm sorry I went a little long here. It's about 25 minutes. So please tune into the next podcast. Obviously, this is the Yankee Cowboy. Tim Wilkins coming back at you again. Feel free to join in on the party. Hit me up on social media. Uh, can't miss me on that one. It's Yankee Cowboy 27 on, on Twitter. Feel free to follow me at Wilkins Esports on Twitch. Have a, this, is, hey, Wilkins, this is the Yankee Cowboy signing off. Have a great day, guys.